You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you. And the message coming right up is crafted by heaven, not just to challenge you, but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Pastor Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Luke chapter number 18, verse number 1, and Luke 11, 9 to 10. Shall we read together? Luke 18, 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Praise the Lord. That men ought, ought means the ideal is that men ought to always pray and not to faint. Whether men pray always or not is another thing, but the ideal is that men ought to always pray. So if you and I are not always praying, we've failed in the matter of the ought. Praise God. Praise God. And one of our strivings, our desire, our goal and our pursuit in the year 2018 beyond is to learn whatever it means to pray always. Hallelujah. Is that possible? It must be possible. Otherwise, the Bible will say so. All right. The amplified version of the same verse says, Also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. All right. So if we don't pray always, we will naturally turn coward. It's a consequence of not praying always is that you turn coward. Note that. Not just that, you will faint. Not just that, you'll be found losing heart. Not just that, you will easily give up. I mean, you mean prayer cures all these things? It's the toss. I mean, if you don't pray, you will give up. You will lose heart. You will faint. You will turn coward. And you tell me, I shouldn't pray? You got to be well. All right. Luke 11, 9 to 10. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. All right. And he that what seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. All right, let's flip it. So he that does not ask, could that tell why you've not been receiving some things? You've been hearing the message, the word, but have you been asking? Okay, what happens if you don't seek? 
Could it be why you're struggling, seeming to grovel in the dark, not really looking for what you should be looking for? Where is this? Where is this? Because you're not seeking. What happens if you don't? The door will be shut against you. Praise the Lord. Could it be why you're facing some very difficult closed doors? Closed doors where you should have breakthrough, breakdown. Closed doors where you ought to have favor, you have disfavor. You're not. And you ask, God, but you know my mind. So the thing with many believers, God knows my mind. You know, my kid said, no, daddy, I don't want to pray. I'm not praying long prayers. God knows my mind. I said, yeah, he knows your mind. You have to tell him your mind. That's how it works. He knows your mind. He created but He said, ask. Praise God, somebody. All right, let's run along. Amplify says, so I say to you, ask and keep on asking. It shall be given you. Seek and keep on seeking. So the operative word is keep on seeking, keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives and he who seeks and keeps on seeking finds and to him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be opened. He said, Pastor, I asked yesterday. Yeah, you only ask. Keep on asking. Pastor, I did this, this prayer thing for last year. What happened? Keep on praying. You only stop, quote unquote, until there is a clear manifestation. Yeah, keep at it. Elijah said to his servant, hey, hey, go again. That's a prophetic word now. Go again. Rogic, go again. Well, I prayed January last year. You know, no, no, that's last year. Go again. Father Simon tonight, pray or be prayed upon part number three. Father, thank you once again for the reading of your word. We beseech you to bless the teaching and perhaps the preaching of the self-same holy word. We vows always to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name, we have prayed. You may please be seated very comfortably in God's wonderful presence. Have just about 20 minutes. Pray or be prayed upon. We began this discourse last Wednesday relating to what we have come to understand to be the all-important subject of prayer. 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 I, I really think that this is a subject that we, we probably need to spend more time beyond the customary few weeks we spend on a good number of our focus because in my mind this is not only the foundation of what God is doing and will do in this year but really really to be honest is a foundation of this entire ministry and and I, I wonder why God will place such a ministry in the hand of a person who I don't really think myself to be the typical praying mantis that prays 12 hours a day. I wish I could tell you that. I'll be lying to you. I'll honestly be lying to you. But you see, I realize that God will choose the most of unlikely people to do the least of likely things so that the glow will be unto God. Uh, you know, if God had called the typical fire, fire praying believer who prays close to 21 hours a day, you know, they tell you that, 
I've been praying for 21 hours, you know. And you call such a person to lead the nations in prayer on a platform called Global Prophetic Prayer Altar. They will feel is them causing the result. I know I'm not the one. I'm weak of my own self. But in him, I'm strong. So we, we must come to a point to understand that if we're going to be a part of this movement, if we call it that, it's belittling, it's beyond a movement. <laughs> if we're going to be part of what God is doing in this day, in this age, really, really, we have to allow the Holy Ghost to kick our butts in the area of prayer. No matter how much you don't like prayer, you must like it. I, 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 am I talking to you? If you're going to really enjoy ego's flight, you know, we teach our kids to eat what is good for them, not what they like. I was so impressed. My daughter tasted some peanut I opened some days ago and said, Daddy, it's too salty for me. I said, what? At your age, you can tell this thing is too salty? At your age, everything was sweet. I love sugar. I love salt. I mean, whoa, too salty? So the taste bud perhaps is already being trained to know what is healthy from what she will typically like, I presume. We're told to eat our vegetables when we're young. I had this habit, I must confess before you, I didn't like onions. And if ever you found the spot on the table I sat and went low and looked under, you see onions stuck under the table because I hated onions. Can I be real to you? But today, I eat raw onions. Are you still here? Today, I can eat raw garlic. Ooh, gross. Yeah, keep on saying it's gross till you know what garlic can do for you. What am I saying? You eat what you need, not what you like. Prayer. You don't have to like it. Your life may depend on it. I was being very nice. Your life depends on it. What food is to the body? The word of God is to your spirit man. <laughs> Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from God. All right? In a similar manner also, what your breathing is to your physical body is what prayer is to your spirit. Wow. Have you come to a point where you say, Pastor, I don't like to breathe. Then you like to die. I don't like to eat. Woo, welcome. You like to die. I don't like to study. Your spirit is about to die. I don't like prayer. I don't like prayer. I don't like prayer. It's too hard. You're about to die. And this is what Jesus was saying here. 
that men ought to always pray and not to die. <laughs> Touch them and say, better like prayer. Your life depends on it. He said, prayer is just for people like Pastor Bimbo, or Pastor Danison, uh, Pastor Danessa. Prayer is for people like you. Hey, it's for people like us. Praise God, somebody. Glory to God. So, prayer is far more important to your spiritual well-being than you and I can imagine. And we said over and over in the course of this teaching that prayer is not an elective course. It is a compulsory course. It's a main course. We saw an axis for the two main courses, two main dishes on this surgeon here on the earth. Dish number one, the word. Dish number two, prayer. Or better say, dish number one, prayer. Dish number two, the word. So we ought to give ourselves continually to prayer. Continually to prayer. Continually to prayer. And what? And the ministry of the word. Praise the Lord somebody. They go hand in hand together. So we've seen that if we take a closer look at some of the things believers are going through by way of challenges, by way of tests, by way of difficulty, it may not be too far-fetched that it's traceable um, to their prayer life. Let me be practical. When my spirit is energized. And I've said to you how it can be energized. The word and prayer. <laughs> there are things that come my way that are supposed to be tested. Many of them come this way. You see that? They hit, they fall away. They what? Hit, they fall away. Praise the Lord. Because your water level, I'm being very practical tonight. Huh? I can do Hebrew, Greek, and just, you know, try to impress you. End up depressing myself. And go home feeling, man, I've been present, depressed myself. Practical. When the water level of your spirituality comes to this place, the things that used to bother you at this level, they don't bother you anymore. Let me be raw and crude. You can see a lady pat her leg and say, you devil, get thee behind me. I'm being rude and crude. Hey. But if your water level is not here, it is here. If ever the same test you face at this level shows here, you say, oh God, oh God. Oh la la, oh la la, oh la la. You know what? The same test. But your spirituality is at a different level. Did you feel me? Let me be practical. For many of you who have been a part of daily prayers on the global prophetic prayer altar, tell me if this is true for you. There are certain things you probably were dealing with two, three, four months ago. Some of them you haven't particularly prayed about. Whoa. No. But all you were doing is seeking his face and you were growing up in Christ. Then 
all of a sudden you look around, I don't feel depressed anymore. I don't have downtime anymore. I don't easily get sad anymore. I don't easily get irritable anymore. The anger I struggled through two months ago, somehow is suppressed now. Somehow I'm more in charge of my emotions and my feelings. Hello, somebody. What happened? Your spirit man was rising and the things that bothered you at this level don't bother you anymore. So it tells you this is the way God designed for you to live. My wife was just mentioning to me some hours in the daytime. I said, you know what? This GPPA thing, God actually tricked you not just to lead you to pray, but you yourself, you needed this kind of prayer life, man, for the kind of pressure that you are, you're feeling around you now. Even you needed this GPPA more than anybody else. She's right. Honestly, it was a trick. I never knew I'd be doing this for five months of my life. He said one month, September. I said, okay, let me chest the one month. Yeah. September 1 to 30. Oh, Lord, but I knew myself, nigger, you ain't done yet. Forgive my language. I want to be very practical tonight. I knew I wasn't done by September. And I don't know when we will be done. I don't know. It could be one year. It could be forever till we see the Lord. I don't know. But as long as he wants me to do it, I will do it. I found a secret. Paul would say, though my body may be weak, but my spirit man is energized. The Bible declares, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in his bodily infirmities. There's no way your body will not be dragged if your spirit is energized. What you need to be strong is not your body. What you need to be strong is your spirit man. That's how come when you're fasting, you're not changing God. No, you're whittling the strength of your physical man that your spirit may rise. Fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes you. You don't bribe God by fasting. Don't go on a hunger strike. No, it's about you to condition yourself in a place where you are more sensitive, more receptive to God and the things of God. Ha! Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Three things Jesus taught in Matthew 6 that you ought to do always. Number one, he says, when you fast, not if you fast. That means at some point in your life, you ought to fast. Number two, when you give alms or when you give, you ought to be a giver. And I trust God that in some season, sometime, God will help me to teach this church that we're designed to be a giving donor church. You can't partake of revival when you're stingy. <laughs> you can't be like this and be revived and be used by God to revive others. Revival speaks of liberality. Freely we receive, freely we give. You must be taught that you are not an owner of anything. You're only a steward. You own nothing. Job 121, naked you came, naked you depart. You're only a trustee of heaven's treasures. The moment you think that car is yours, you're in trouble. It may be a coffin, God forbid. The moment you think that designer suit belongs to you, you're really in trouble because you're messing with what belongs to God. Hello, somebody. He gives you a lease to use it as long as you have you use it. This jacket is borrowed. If ever, whenever. He says, pass it 
on. Boom, it's gone. It doesn't belong to me. I was sharing with somebody, I said, you know, when I sit in any car that God has blessed me with, and he's blessed me with quite a few cars, I sit with one bum bum on one side. It, it, it sounds funny, right? I'm real to you. You know why? Because the owner can decide to pass on the property to somebody else at any time. So you must learn to hold the things of this life loosely. The bangles, the chain, the hat, the car, the car, the house. If you don't learn to hold things loosely, God can't trust you with a bigger flow. Because it will blow you out of the way. And heaven in this day, in this generation, is looking for people who they can trust with treasures. <laughs> I'm shifting gear now. Kondo Grodo Zakata. As God is raising the apostles, raising the prophets, raising the teachers and the pastors and the evangelists, God is also raising war chests. <laughs> multi-millionaires and billionaires who know they're not billionaires of their own accord but they're God-made. Pondeketola. That God will command a billionaire in Nigeria to shift two million dollars to Japan for an outreach without thinking twice. Pum, pum, is signed. Because he knew why the money came in the first place. The Bible tells us that there came a point in time, I believe in Exodus 17 or 8, 17, that Moses was upon the mountain and the Amalekites were on the ground, Joshua fighting with them. And the time came when the hands of Moses became weary and tired. There were two men, Aaron and Hur, who raised the hand of Moses. The Bible declares if the hands of Moses were raised up, there was victory in the valley. Joshua was with him. Joshua thought he was the one fighting the battle. No! Joshua won based on what happened in the realm of the spirit. That's why when you preach the gospel, oh preacher, oh pastor, oh apostle, don't think it's because of your rhetoric or your preaching. No, somebody somewhere is praying when you're preaching the word. Come on, somebody shout amen. Somebody behind the scene is praying and talking to God. There is a Moses on the mountain whose hands are up. Joshua, don't get prideful because you cast out the devil. Don't think because you led prayer meeting that you're all that. No, sir. Don't think because you're teaching in the believer's class, you're all that. No, sir. There is an anointing flowing from this altar. There is a covering covering you. Pull out from the cover and see if you can print that good. Pull out and see if you can teach that good. You're, somebody said, I'm under divine cover. You better stay under cover. There's a restless spirit bothering the church in this day and generation. People who are trying to get up before their time, premature exposure, want to start me, myself, incorporated, me, myself, in ministry. Hey, hey, stay undercover. It's not about G.O. I never desired to be a G.O. I never prayed to be a G.O. I was thrust out by God. Said, Your time of service is over. I said, what? I love hiding. I love being undercover. You can't have authority until you learn how to be under authority. I don't know why I'm changing. You know who an ambassador is? An ambassador is one sent to represent a nation in another nation. God wants to release ambassadors from this house. 
people who are trained, who have been enmantled and graced with the same caliber of anointing upon this apostolic commission. When you go to London, go to Japan, go to Ghana, go to East, anywhere, you carry the same grace, but you must stay undercover, full and long enough. Don't rush off to start your own thing. <laughs> You see, the Lord is bouncing me around as the Holy Ghost, and I'm just yielding to Him. Serving meals, allocating according to the need is. I go back to three things. I haven't lost my mind yet fasting and giving. The third thing she will learn to do consistently is to pray. Matthew 6, read that all. When you give alms, when you fast, and when you pray. <laughs> prayer is not something you, you, you have to be led to pray no prayer is something when you pray there must be a when you pray people wonder what is it about fasting I said earlier fasting doesn't change God fasting changes you Fasting and prayer, they go together. They go together. As hand in a glove, they go together. Saints, you may succeed at praying effectively without necessarily adding fasting. But you can never fast effectively without adding prayer your fasting it will be tantamount to hunger strike what is it about fasting fasting simply is an enabler for your prayer it gives wind to your prayer so the thing is not fasting the thing is prayer but prayer is uh, the fasting is an aid to give momentum to give impetus to give speed to your prayer the disciples tried to cast the devil in a particular instance and they fail. And when Jesus came, he succeeded. And they asked, hey, master, what is it? What did we do right? He said, first and foremost, he dealt with their faith. Unbelief. Then the next thing he said, this kind. Somebody said, this kind. This kind does not go out except by prayer and by So from time to time, God will allow you to bump into a this kind. Hmm. When you face a this kind, it goes beyond just your normal course of routine of communion prayer. God is saying you need to add some momentum, add some time of waiting, add some time of seeking to your prayer. So I teach you there are two instances where you ought to fast. Number one, you ought to make fasting a part of your of your spiritual 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 diet whether it's once a week once in two weeks once in a month whatever it is but the beauty about it is that in a church like this you don't have to think twice we are already waiting upon the Lord once a week the minimum you can add to it so if you're really a part of this house you have an opportunity to wait upon the Lord once a week that's a win you get that so that helps your spirituality helps you with spiritual discipline you see it, it depends on how far you want to go with God God can't force you to go further than you want to go how far you want to go 
So that must be a part of your spiritual discipline. It helps to bring your body under on a regular basis. It's not legalistic. No. It's only part of your spiritual discipline to wait upon the Lord in fastings and prayer. So that one is, is, is what you do just based on you maturing, want to be disciplined. God becomes another kind of fasting. <laughs> Where it goes beyond just your routine, natural, normal discipline to ask need arises. And some of you right now, perhaps you're facing a this kind. They say this kind of wahala. This kind. When you look at your paternity, you just look at your bloodline. There's some things you see. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? You can. Is a map. You can cross the T's and dot the I's. Nobody is married at fifty. Most men die at a particular age. It's a particular disease that follows men in that family. You know what I'm saying? You can track some things now. When you see it, this kind, don't play with it. Don't wish it away like a, an ostrich will put you on the side. Ah, it will go away. It will go away. I'm a child of God. It will go away. No. What you don't confront, you don't conquer. What you don't confront, you don't conquer. You don't wish it away. So those things, they are focused, targeted prayers that you separate yourself in waiting and watching to deal with them. Fasting based on dealing with this kind. <laughs> Please, I want you to determine in the remaining days of going to the top 21 days with the Lord that whatever this kind you identify in your life, the buck will not pass your generation. I thought somebody would shout a big amen. There are battles you are to fight that your children will not fight again. Zechariah was a man who waited upon the Lord for a child. When the child finally came, Zechariah thought this child will go in his own way, in his own pattern and try to give the child a name he thought fit. God said, no. Zaki, Zaki. You can't name this one. This one is John. And in fact, you won't talk until this one is born and named. You know why? Because the buck stops here. The devils that wrestle with you will not wrestle with John. Konda Garabosa. The troubles, the wahala, the things that fought you, your children, Hey, we'll fight those battles. There are battles I have had to fight standing in the gap at my generation so that my children, biological and spiritual, will not have to fight those kind of battles anymore. Hallelujah. When you give, when you fast, when you pray, you can pray effectively without necessarily fasting. You can fast effectively without praying. Fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes you. It conditions you to become more receptive, more responsive to the leadings, 
the dealings, the promptings of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Wow. They mount up with wings as an eagle. They will run, not weary. They will walk and not faint. I see you running. I see you walking. I don't know where you crawled in yesteryears. This year, 2018, eight, the number of new beginnings. Get ready for a reset. Get ready for a new season. Get ready for new news. Oh yes. The Bible declares that the things the Lord has reserved and preserved for them that love him haven't entered the eyes, haven't entered the ears, haven't entered the heart. But the certain things is reserved for them who love him. But it says, by the spirit that resides in you, responding to the spirit of the living God that will reveal to you the great things that God has reserved and preserved for you. I have it on a good note based on scripture that the God of heavens has reserved great things for you. Individually and corporately as a family. Get ready for a ride of a lifetime. Woo! Somebody, anybody, everybody, shout a big amen. The wings of prayer. The wings of prayer. The wings of prayer. Can you lift your hand just where you are and say, Lord, release over me a definite prayer mantle. I don't want to be left behind. Grant me the desire to pray. <laughs> Grant me the discipline to pray. Grant me, oh God, the delight of prayer. Father Lord, grant me the desire. Come on, let's push that for two, three minutes. Pray sincerely, pray sincerely. Oh, no longer with a bed. Hold me longer than necessary. The desire, the desire, the discipline come upon us, O oh God. Woo! Kedia. The desire infused into our heart, oh God. Ha! The savour of heaven, fragrance of heaven, We sanctify this altar again unto you. Let your fire never depart from this altar tonight. Individual altars, corporate altars, family altars, altars of homes. 
Conde, set us ablaze, oh God. Armanonga Ligazoka, grace to be a part of this prayer movement, prayer revival. Kormanaka, he said, watch and pray that we enter not into temptation. Kande Yatopala, baptize us again with fire. Fire. Konde Gregada, envelop this house, engulf us, oh God, with a prayer mantle. From the leadership to the workforce, to the membership, let us bring prayer night and day, day and night. Konde Graskelota, make prayer a delight, make prayer our desire. Grant us the discipline to pray by day and by night. Kramba katope lekote. Unction to function. Power for the hour. Let it rest upon this house mightily. Kondeya. Oh, he shall be said, the Lord our God in our midst is mighty. You are the wall of fire round about logic. Round about harm. You are the glory in our midst. Hey. Fire! You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Goodhart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rajik, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, H-O-R-M, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the torch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Pastor Goodhart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That's info at R-H-O-G-I-C dot org. Also, download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of free quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Pastor Goodhart on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Pastor Goodhart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with His Spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth. Sunday and midweek service day. There are days many people traditionally get up in their best outfits and gather together to scratch a religious itch. But not anymore. At Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, Sunday and Wednesday are not just church because God is very deliberate about his agenda in this age and church as usual will not cut it in the times we're in. Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, is an apostolic gathering of God's people experiencing old-time revival for new era realities. God is bringing back his power and is calling you to carry it to the world. Sunday celebration service at 8 a.m. on Sundays and the Word and Worship Wednesday service every Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. at Rogic. All hold at the Golden Bird Event Center, Plot 859A Ame Ebute Street, Wye District, Abuja. And your host is Goodhart Obi Ekweme. On Sunday at 8 a.m. and Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. Don't just come to church, be the church. 
After all, there's already enough religion in the world. Revival House of Glory International Church is an expression of the Horn of Revival Ministry.